Boo, everyone. Hey, no, don't be scared. It's just network special. The greatest podcast ever about the golden era of appointment television. When you'd look at your TV guide and say, I have to be home, honey. The Golden Girls are going to talk about uh, uh, rectal cancer. You have the baby by yourself because we love TV that much. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Really lost the thread there, but you know what I mean. <laughs> my name is Zachariah Durr, and I'm one of the co-hosts, and I'm here with my other wonderful co-host. And who is that? Oh, Nathan, rectal cancer sheer. <laughs> and in the booth, the mysterious and creepy producer. Who is that? Oh, uh, 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 that's me, Jeremy Demery. <laughs> so demure. <laughs> That's what he sounds like, so if he starts talking, don't be extra scared. Operator! Operator! Please get the police! I don't know where I'm located! Just get the police! It's an emergency! There's a... there's a... just get me the police, please! Why all this talk about scary stuff, Zachariah? Well, because we're talking about Trilogy of Terror. First shot on March 4th, 1975 at 8.30 on ABC. These are three thrilling stories of terror. Or are they all thrilling? That's what we'll talk about because some of them may not be quite so thrilling. This was Nathan's suggestion. Nathan, why did you choose this program? <laughs> uh, whenever I whenever I would do, whenever I start getting into the phenomenon of TV movies and specials, this one always appeared in lists of the best ones and a list of people of their scariest things that they watched when they were a kid. Um, stuff like that. Uh, and this being an ABC movie of the week, uh, there's a lot of people who are, who have written books about ABC movie of the week. And, and this one's always everywhere. It's on the cover of all TV shows, uh, compendiums and, um, yeah, that's that's really why. It's just one of the big big boys of network species. And had you seen it before now? No. Okay. No. So I was excited. I uh, hey, I was excited too. My pants <laughs> almost blew across the room when you suggested it. <laughs> and I was excited for the both of you to watch it. <laughs> that's true. You refer to yourself as uh, our mother and our father. Uh, I believe it's Mr. Mrs. and Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Love it. Um, Trilogy of Terror uh, was shown at 8.30, which, when we talk about this, seems a little early, but I can understand why, <laughs> if you were a child and watching this on TV in 75, this would have really stuck with you, because some of these scenes are intense. Uh, what was the day of the week? March 4th? You know. Okay, I don't, you don't buzz you. You need I to look that up, sweetie. I have everything else here. <laughs> um, it is directed by Dan Curtis. Dan Curtis directed early episodes of Dark Shadows, a, 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 a soap opera about vampires. He directed a TV movie called The Night Stalker about a detective who finds vampires. <laughs> and he had directed Dracula, starring Jack Palance, which is about vampire. Yeah. 
named Dracula. I don't know if Dan Curtis loved vampires or if the network just decided he was the go-to vampire guy. This is uh, this was a Tuesday, by the way. Just an oh, average Tuesday, okay. Tuesday night. Thank, thank you. Uh, kid Thank tuning you. in, uh, 1975. What what TV shows would have been on? Do you know? Do you have any any clue? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay, I was not alive in 1975. I have a general idea about television history. <laughs> if you have a very specific question, I want to know March of 1975. Okay, what I'm I'm looking would have at been running? Wikipedia, and they have a still from the day this this aired, and there is good times and there is happy days. Okay. So maybe you were watching The Fonz, and then suddenly you were watching uh, uh, Karen Black uh, trying to bone her students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These all three stories were written by Richard Matheson, who wrote for the original Twilight Zone. He wrote Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which is the one mm. where there's a gremlin on the wing of an airplane, and William Shatner sees it. That's a classic. It is a classic. It's and been he wrote, redone, redone 50 times. <laughs> yeah, the really odd John Lithgow uh, mm-hmm. redo of it. Um, and he wrote the novel I Am Legend, which was turned into a movie three times, including yeah. with Big Willie style himself, DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> Wait, DJ Jazzy Jeff? Mm, yeah. Uh, you, mean, you mean his? Play the dog. Oh, and then, okay. They were both in it is what you're saying. <laughs> the other writer, so uh, Matheson, created the stories for all three of these tales, but only wrote the script for the third. The first two stories, stories by Matheson, but were scripted by William F. Nolan, who created Logan's Run, which was a movie and a TV show that I was not aware of, full of (laughs) foxy young people. Lots of, uh, you know, what would you say? Like, lots of... uh, successful people involved in this. There's a right? high pedigree. Yeah. I, I think that this was really uh, banked on to get March ratings goosed a little bit because they were advertising this with stills in like Life magazine. And I think people had high hopes for it. Everyone was a buzz mm-hmm. because uh, in addition to the pedigree of the writer and the director, all three of these star Karen Black, who was mm-hmm. an actress who is in a lot of very uh, heady 70s art cinema. She was an mm. Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, uh, King of Marvin Gardens, all of which, oh, and she was in Nashville. All movies that I only saw this year, I watched them over COVID, and she is an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. She is an actor who can play an everyday person, which is maybe the hardest thing for an actor to do and make it very interesting. Um, she has a very interesting face. She's very beautiful, but she also yeah. is like slightly cross-eyed. Uh, yeah. I read a review <laughs> yeah. who called her, said that she looked like a caricature of a beautiful person, which is <laughs> super mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I read a couple too, and I can't, can't remember what they said, but it was they were all like that, where it was like someone like casually insulting them, but also writing it as a compliment somehow. Yeah. And she's a really pretty woman. Like you don't need to backhand this thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's not the most conventional uh, person, but we don't say that about, you know, Hey, Hey, I don't want to get political. 
but we don't say it about actors. <laughs> I'll pa- do, I'm pausing do. for everyone in their car to applaud my bravery mm-hmm. in that comment. <laughs> do did this? Um, now she started to do. She started to do more horror, right? Like because at some point. Of, was it because of this or because of this because this was such a buzzed about thing and she also said she thinks it's possibly because her name is Karen Black she started <laughs> to be cast in all of these horror movies which she wasn't thrilled about it's kind of like she just for years there couldn't get back in the kind of parts that she was doing before she was doing kind of you know trashy horror stuff which I think she's come to embrace now, possibly because it's a lucrative. It's it's probably a more lucrative market as a uh, how old is she now? Sixty. She's seventy four. Oh no, she. I'm so sorry, she died in two thousand thirteen. <laughs> um, that's how old she is. She's dead. Um, she probably had an easier time having a career as an elderly actor uh, going on horror movie circuits and charging for autographs than she would trying to get roles and things. So mm. I guess I would embrace it too. <laughs> oh, at, at, at this point in my life, I, I would embrace a, a coffee commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how'd that audition go for uh, Tasty Sips, that new coffee place? Didn't get it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Didn't you I give him? You gave him the the sip and smile. <laughs> you know, you told me about the sip and smile. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm now thinking that that was sabotage. <laughs> Nathan, whenever you audition for any kind of like beverage commercial, you sip, and then you smile, and then you let a little dribby go down your chin, <laughs> because you need to show the product. You know what? I think I let too much come out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think I opened up too wide. It is a skill. It came pouring out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's an it's a job, right? You just get better yeah. with practice. So, hopefully, your next week your little hugs jugs audition goes well. <laughs> oh man, little hugs, little hugs. <laughs> Did you drink we'll hugs to, jugs? Oh my gosh, I crushed those things. <laughs> <laughs> I tried having one recently. What a throat burner! I mean, oh it's my gosh, so, so sugary. Sharp. I couldn't get it. I couldn't drink the whole thing, and they are smaller than my hand. It stings. It stings going down. I think they have big hugs now, by the way, like like tall boy hugs. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure you can go to Sam's Club and get an actual like barrel, like A apple barrel, barrel sized, and then you can ride it down the down Niagara Falls. <laughs> yep, <laughs> nature's hug, or it comes with a pair of suspenders. <laughs> Oh, like you can wear it if you become uh, <laughs> impoverished. Yeah, in case you're uh, take, being evicted in the moratorium. A little satire there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so this movie, right? Trilogy, Trilogy of, terror. of Terror. Each one of these It's segments- right in the name, by the way. Three. Three. Three mm-hmm. anthology. Three mm-hmm. tales of terror. Yeah. It says what's on the. It, it is what's on the tin. Mm-hmm. Uh, each segment has the name of the character that Karen Black plays, and the first mm-hmm. is called Julie. Yes, uh, and we start off seeing two 
young men who look like Joe Piscopo impersonators sitting on a bench in a college quad watching the young co-eds go by. Now you say young, you say young. (laughs) Well, but seventies young. Look like they're forty. They are both. They're forty. Young men of forty-three, first year in college, (laughs) freshman class, and they go, "Oh my sciatica! (laughs) (laughs) The big rush is going on." Everyone's middle-aged on this campus. (laughs) Well. Yes, uh, in this story, Karen Black plays their teacher, and she looks way younger than her students. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, walk us through what, what happens in the course of Julie, Nathan. So she, um, what, they're, the, the two guys, you know, the two 40-year-olds are kind of um, talking about all the women they see pass by, and the professor played by Karen Black, Julie uh, walks by and one of them kind of, you know, makes a joke like, I'd like to see what she looks like, you know, under that dress or something like that. Well, it's not a joke. And <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah, he says it, you think it's a joke, in, in, at least from the beginning. And then, and and his friend's like, oh, that's funny or whatever. But he's like, no, I'm being serious. And, th- and then it's like, it, it, they go to, they get into class with her and then she, part of her leg is shown and that really like, uh, you know, sucks him in. And then he tries to, uh, you know, mean mugger into going on a date with him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He, he kind of, it's kind of like, uh, I, I took it as almost like one of those weird college dares where, so Julie, this teacher dresses like a school marm, long colorless dresses. She has her hair back. She has no makeup on glasses. Um, Is there anything more unattractive on a woman? And (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be one of those things where, where he said, I want to see what she looks like underneath all those clothes because she's so plain. This is almost like a cruel prank on her. Right. But it turns out that he actually is getting uh, turned on by her, so he he does, yeah. He mean mugs, he brow beats her to going on a date to the drive-in, um, and they are watching the Night Stalker, Meta, the other thing the director made. Um, at the drive-in, Julie is very freaked out by horror movies, and um, Chad mm-hmm. says, uh, "Let me go get you something to drink." So he goes to the drive-through concession stands and gets two root beers. Which sounds I like root beer, but for some reason that sounded so gross. It's not what you get on a date, right? Isn't that is that the least romantic thing to get your date is a root beer? Not when you're forty year old forty years <laughs> old in college. Oh, you think it'll help your digestion when you're around that age. <laughs> you know, and and by the way, the guy playing her is her ex playing him is her ex husband. Yes, that is her second husband. In real life. And so so keep that in mind when you hear what happens next. Yes. And actually, Karen Black was offered this role. She turned it down. Uh, her then-husband said yes to the role and talked her into doing this movie. That's why she's in it. She's in it because her husband was in this sequence. But they are not. Di- they are divorced before this comes out. Yeah, I think she had like five husbands in her. So do you lifetime. think – so were they married during the filming then? I believe so. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was going to say because it's because it would be really awkward. 
they were to play this role. Real life husband and wife. Okay. Um. So he goes. Chad roofies Julie's drink. Julie passes out in the car. Chad mm-hmm. drives the passed out Julie to his dorm room and proceeds to take uh, photos of her with her clothes uh, as ripped off as you can get for the 1970s. And then it is implied mm-hmm. that he then uh, rapes her and drops her back off at her home. Right. Uh, the next day, he... Well, black- she she wakes up yeah. in the car and... He's like, oh, you dozed off at the movie, but I didn't want to wake you. Right. Yeah. Uh, The next day, he blackmails her with the photographs and basically makes her go along with the future uh, sex fantasy stuff he wants to do. This is all implied. You really don't see anything else. Um, I guess we fast forward a couple days and... Julie suddenly announces, Julie's of course not into this. She's very shaken, but she's going along with it because her job is threatened. And then one day in Chad's apartment, she says, the game is over. (laughs) And suddenly she- ends abruptly. Yes. She looks very coy and she's smiling. She says, did you really think that dull little mind of yours could have conceived of that dramatic experiences we've shared? And she implies that she has somehow- uh, hypnotized or put a spell yeah. on Chad. That's never made clear. Right. But it's it's now revealed, uh, as you said, very suddenly, I was in control the whole time, you fool. And Chad starts choking. She has poisoned his drink. She starts laughing. And the next thing we see is uh, a young man knocking on her door saying, hey, I need some uh, help with my homework. Can you help me out here? And she goes, come <laughs> right on in, implying that she is about to black widow yet another young man. Yeah, she she burns down his apartment with him in it, the init- the, the other guy. Oh, I did leave that out. That's right. I forgot. She burns everything yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, he, he, you know, and he's like a photo guy, so she, she kind of, she's able to kind of place the blame on chemicals in the, the, the dark room. But then um, it's revealed. You, they pull back at the end of this, and you see she has a a book with headlines of all the men that she's done this to. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. What, what, what would you do if you were trapped? Like, she, well, she wasn't trapped, but uh, it, until you know, like I was thinking about the whole time while I was watching this. Like, what would I do if someone r- did that to me, raped me, and then had photos? Of me, like, how would you, like, would you just continue the relationship or would you just be like, screw it, I'll just get fired? Uh, Well, I would hope, I mean, maybe this is very naive, but I would hope that in 2021, there would be some sort of way for me to um, just announce that and have people actually believe me. Um, When I was watching this as a story, I thought that there was going to be some sort of a twist where she was suddenly going to go along with it and and dupe him somehow. I didn't yeah. realize that this was going to be some sort of weird. I, again, it's never made clear. Has she hypnotized him? Does she? Yeah. Is she a witch? Uh, is is this? How is she doing this? Has she been moving from town to town? Is this all at the same school? And everyone she's dead as a student. Every handsome <laughs> boy she's had as a student has uh, gotten in an inferno 
accident. Yeah. Um, the thing that's that sits really weird with this story is a bit of a theme that we're going to return to again and again, which is, see, women are evil. <laughs> because in the 70s especially, not to get uh, too somber, but in a lot of movies or things that I, I read from the 70s, there was this idea that uh, rape was the secret taboo desire of every woman, and it was a, a, a taboo <laughs> fantasy that they all had. And this kind of seems to play into that gross way of of thinking because she's revealed to have had the power in this relationship the whole time. And what excites her is this guy who will drug her and rape her and get her into these like scandalous situations. Do you think that men in the 70s watching this were like, wait a second, he's the bad guy? <laughs> and then they watch it. They're like, oh, OK, good. Oh, I knew, I knew, I knew it was her all along. For you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's the end of story one, Julie. That's the end of story one. Not very terrifying. Yeah. Not very terrifying. Yeah, this, is, this is like an intense uh, Tales from the Crypt, right? Maybe for rapists. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like a, a morale, you know, it's like. Although yeah, watch your back, rapist. He's innocent in this. He, I mean, even though he's uh, kind of like implied to be a grosso at the beginning, he was like under. Maybe that he was supposed to be under a spell, and the network took that out because they didn't want him to be a hero too clearly a the good guy. Wait, okay, hold on. No, I don't think. Okay, I don't really think that. Hmm. You don't think that she was controlling his mind? No, I think she seduced him, maybe, you know, by showing her leg and doing the little things. No. Because she knew. Beca- but- rem- remember at the beginning, he said, she's gone. Like, she's walked into the building, and he says, I just had the strangest idea. I wonder what she looks like under all those clothes. Oh. And then I all mean, the way yeah, at the okay ending, then. she goes, remember how you thought suddenly about what I looked like underneath all those clothes? Like, she's <laughs> yeah, mind-controlling him. Yes. So she mind-controlled him into raping him. Yes. This is wow, not that... This is not like a I spit on your grave reverse revenge thing. She's straight up controlling the situation the entire time. Right. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I, I wrote a note. Was she able to control his mind? Like I was thinking like, did, does that mean every single piece or what I thought maybe was, is that she was able to hit the switch and then he rolled with it on his own terms. But that, I think no, that it makes more, would have makes the, more sense. Yes. The writing would have had to be cleverer for that to happen. Yeah. And she does say, you think you came up with this idea on your own or whatever. Right. Yeah. Hey man. I told you, women are evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, well, that's kind of a funny line too. Like, oh, you think you're smart enough to come up with a plan to rape me and, and torture me and kidnap me? <laughs> oh, you think you're that smart? No, you're a dumb dumb. You would have just asked me out like an idiot. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so what's kids, the name are you of- having fun so far? <laughs> what's the, the name of story? <laughs> <laughs> Then, What's the name of story two? Well, it is named Millicent and Therese. Mm-hmm. Yes. How, let me ask you. Okay, so. Do we need these, to talk about this one very long? No. <laughs> that was no, the question. It, 
this is also, uh, I, I don't know, this kind of seems like a short one anyways, but like, so there, there is a twist in this one. And, and let me ask before we go into how quickly did you figure out the twist? The, the first second. Yeah, I'm always the worst at this. And I I usually even call bullcrap on people who say they get things right away. Yeah. But this one, it was really just right away. It's like, okay. This one stinks. This one stinks (laughs) to high heaven. F minus. So so Millicent and Therese are these sisters who live in this mansion. And um, one of them is crazy and sexual and the other one is mild-mannered and terrified of her right we should say karen black plays both of these sisters um they look like they are wearing two uh bagged halloween costumes one called (laughs) prude and one called tart like one is the most (laughs) over-the-top like slut outfit and the other one looks like a cartoon of a school marm from a warner brothers cartoon Um, and you never see the two of them in the same room together at the same time. Hmm. What are you implying? Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, this story is, it's just, you know, uh, it's hard to even really remember all the details, except (laughs) that it's like, you know, you find out in the end, like that she's just, she's got one of the most worst cases of like, um, Multiple personality disorder. Multiple personalities, yes. yeah. Um, but but my question is, that there, at one point in this, there is a voodoo doll. And who who's using the voodoo doll? The prude is it Millicent sister, or tr- Millicent. Well, the, okay. thing that's, the, the thing that's hard about this section is that nothing happens. Nothing <laughs> happens. Know. You see, the prude like, sister... Like a psychiatrist comes. Yeah, the prude sister uh, is going, I hate my sister. She's too wild. She... slept with my father she slept with our father and she made our mother commit and she murdered our mother and then you see the other sister i hate my sister she's such a fuddy-duddy then a psychiatrist comes over oh do you want to sleep with me psychiatrist no well (laughs) screw you prude sister my sister's the worst (laughs) i'm going to make a voodoo doll of my sister yeah okay so but okay then they find the they find the sexy sister dead yeah right yes so did the voodoo doll work it's so unclear because millicent (laughs) because therese the promiscuous sister is supposed to be the one who's into satanism and voodoo which we know because there is a book that has uh the words satanism and voodoo written on the side of it (laughs) it's clearly handwritten by a a prop maker (laughs) The classic pairing, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then Millicent, uh, Therese breaks a little girl's doll. That's, there's no explanation. I know it sounds like that. I'm not explaining it well. It's not explained well. Millicent runs outside. That's there's right, a little girl right. crying who has a broken doll. What happened? Therese ran outside and broke my doll. Oh, Therese is the worst. Don't worry. I'll fix her good. Millicent starts making a voodoo doll. <laughs> Cut to Therese is dead. The doctor yeah. comes in, um, looks at the voodoo doll, says, oh, I can't believe this. He takes a wig off her. The worst case of multiple personality disorder I've ever seen. That's it. That's the end. Yeah. 
That's the the Shyamalan twist. <laughs> the Shyamalanian <laughs> twist. Again, yeah. not terrifying Mm-mm. by any no. standards. No, just kind of gross and 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 weird. Yes, that is. It is. I wrote down for a story about a psychopathic incestual nymphomaniac killer. This is incredibly boring. <laughs> but then that's a great logline. Is that get, the right word? Logline. Uh, yeah. This is that's the describer on the back. That's my blurb. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs down. But then we get to the final sequence, which is now the reason this, anyone remembers this yes. thing. <laughs> this this is well, this is definitely the best story. But also it is the like it's the cover of the DVD. It's yeah. like it's it's in the picture. Every every single thing about this thing is about this third story. Yes. For some reason they did not go with the campaign where it's Millicent uh, sitting alone in her room. They went hmm. with this story. This yeah. story is called <laughs> Amelia, but it's better known for the Zuni, the Zuni doll, the killer Zuni doll that is in yeah. this story. Um, do you want to just describe the, the description? So basic. Do you want to get into it? I mean, it's just, it's pretty simple. She, um, she's a woman who lives alone. She's dating someone. She's, uh, gonna have him over for dinner. She bought him this voodoo doll or this Zuni doll gift, this fetish um, gift, and it's rumored that it, if you break this little necklace on it or whatever, then it becomes alive. And um, and basically, she's on the phone with her mom, who is really upset that she's not gonna come over with her or something like that. It's kind of a, another side. That's kind of like just like the first kind of thing. We just get this, what is probably the longest phone call in TV history, by the way. And it's just, you just hear her. Yes. She's talking to her mom. She's the only person in this. We don't see the boyfriend. We don't see the mom. This is like set up like a one person play. And she does great. I guess uh, Karen Black like rewrote all these dialogue scenes. Oh, that's Um, great. They are really good. Her mom is like trying to guilt her. Yeah. 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 And her mom's trying to guilt her um, out of hanging out with her boyfriend. Um, but they hang up on the phone and then she um, she puts a steak in the oven. <laughs> I don't know. She cuts all the fat off a steak. She's going to have dinner. She cuts all the delicious parts off a steak <laughs> and then puts it in the oven. Um, and then, uh, yeah, this somehow the doll's necklace breaks, it falls or something, and it starts freaking just trying to kill her with a little knife. And that's a little the spear rest. that it has, right? Yeah, the rest of it's just basically dialogue free. It is just this tiny little grotesque doll racing around her apartment, stabbing her, trying to kill her, and her trying to get away from it. And Boy, this should be the goofiest thing in the world. This should be the most laughable <laughs> thing because I mean, sometimes it is hard to not imagine a stagehand like wiggling a doll underneath the camera, but it is so well directed. She is so good at reacting to this thing. It's great. I mean, it's action packed. Yeah. Uh, the the doll is it's scary. Gross it is scary. looking. Yeah, <laughs> and there is something about yeah. A little figure slashing at your legs that is so disturbing. Oh, 
And also, this is I, uh, have, I had nightmares about stuff like that. This is seventy five. Like this is before yeah. the movie Halloween. This is before any of the slasher movies. This is a lot of blood for a TV movie in seventy five. <laughs> I mean, she gets cut up in this thing. Um, it's relentless. She there. There's okay. There's a lot of times where I feel like, okay, this surely she has figured this out, <laughs> and then it just it keeps it keeps freaking coming. It climbs up the bed, and that's like that was that would have I would have been up forever. I would never would have gone back to sleep as a kid watching that. Like anything climbing up the bed. You know, I would have pictured that over and over again, trying to go to sleep. Well, I have that written down that this is the scariest thing you could show a child, right? Because it is a yes. toy coming to life. A lot of the camera angles are really low, so it looks like how everything looks when you're a kid. Um, yep. It is a toy coming to life. You're in a house, which you can relate to. Um mm-hmm. And it's just cartoonish enough that you can get it as a kid. I feel like you would be more scared of this doll than you would be of you know, like Jason or something like that. Yeah, this – yeah, I mean there's lots of – yeah, anything a doll gets me. I mean to this day, it's still <laughs> you know a little iffy for me. <laughs> I don't like to look at dolls. <laughs> but the voice on this thing, what's the voice? Can you do – can you remember – what the voice sounds like? It's Frank Welker, isn't it? It's it's Fred from Scooby. There were two there were two voices for the doll. And one of them is is the guy who did Fred on Scooby. Well, Fred is Casey Kasem. No, no. No. Fred no no Casey Kasem oh, is he's Shaggy. 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 Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think it's who you yes, did the, the name you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah Welker. Yeah. So it's like yeah. He's doing this like, <laughs> which again should be ridiculous. It's somehow no, but not. It's, it works. And then, so, okay, she figures it out somehow. But then at the end, I forget, I, how does it, how does it finally get her? <laughs> well, she, after like catching in it and escaping a bunch of times, she finally yeah. gets this thing thrown in the oven where it catches That's on right. fire and just like black yeah. smoke is belching out of the oven and uh, yeah. it finally calms down and there's no more noise in the oven and she opens it up and we just see the camera kind of lunging at her from inside the oven. That's right. That's we right. cut back and she's talking to her mother very calmly on the phone saying, oh, I think we should see each other tonight. Come on over. And she walks into the room uh, in front of the front door and she has a huge knife, a huge hunting knife. Yes. And she squats in front of the door and she starts pounding the knife into the floor. And she smiles and she has the teeth of the Zuni doll, these pointy little teeth. And that's that's it. It's a very basic it, story. It's really well done. It's it's great. That face that she has is so scary. What's that? That face that she has is so scary. <laughs> Finally, the terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was worth it. I mean, you know, I I didn't hate the first two. They were just, they just were whatever. I hated the first two. Skip them. That's my, that's my. Just fast forward. Yes, but this last one, it's worth, it's worth all of this for this last one. Um, There is a sequel to it. I haven't watched the sequel. I, I just assume we would watch it for this, um, 
for our show, so I didn't watch it. Um, but yeah, Trilogy of Terror 2. And I think the doll is in this sequel as well. It is. The, yeah. the uh, sequel got very dismal ratings, but it is directed by the same person. Directed by Dan yeah. Curtis. But not starring Karen Black. It is starring a person who barely has an IMDb page. <laughs> Cannot remember the name. <laughs> um, let's see. Anything else in the old notes about this? Uh, there's something to be said for just letting a scene play out with no music. There's very little music in the third sequence with the Zuni doll. And mm-hmm. it makes everything so tense and I know it's a thing that people yeah. complain, especially old people like me, but the way a lot of horror movies are made is they just have big chunga sound effects going every minute. So you can't let yeah. yourself get tense. Um, also, when you were right. talking about her preparing a steak, I initially had the reaction of her going like, <laughs> wow, she's just making one steak. And then I realized that's what I do. I live alone. I had one steak just this week. So it's, it only, it, uh, but it does look weird when you see somebody else doing it. Yeah. And so, okay. Did you, you, we were talking about things that scared us when we were kids. Yes. Um, what, what, what were some, especially at TV things that really got you? Our, our TV fright memories. Yeah. I remember being incredibly scared by the introduction to the new Twilight Zone. Because there's okay, yeah. the Twilight Zone, which everybody know even now, like if you've never seen the Twilight Zone, you know the theme. When they mm-hmm. rebooted the Twilight Zone in the 80s, they redid the theme, and it is just a lot of rattling and uh, kind of experimental <laughs> feedback loops, and then a little bit of the original theme. I guess it's done by the Grateful Dead, which you would yeah. never know. So yeah. you have this strange, spooky, ambient sound, and then you have a the scariest lens you can use on a camera, a fisheye mm-hmm. lens. And oh, it was beautiful. looking at a, a creepy porcelain doll and a an eyeball. fetus and an eyeball. <laughs> and it's scary. I looked at it now, and it just looks so hokey. It looked kind of cool and also kind of hokey. Oh, it yeah. was just burrowed into my nightmare stem when I was a child. I could <laughs> not take that introduction. What about you? Um, I somehow caught part of prob- of uh, Child's Play. Sure. Um, well, that's a movie, like, but sure. <laughs> that would be But scary. I mean like on HBO or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I yeah. just mean like – you know, through my, like I talk about my, through my, uh, fuzzy, fuzzy, um, HBO package <laughs> that we had for free. Uh, and I just, every night I dreamt, every night I pictured him standing in the doorway and then, you know, the shadow of the doll and then climbing over. That was, that was the thing that got me the most. But then also, even though I liked it, the Unsolved Mysteries, Oh, theme song. That music. The biggest yeah. mistake. Did they did they throw that music out with this reboot that Netflix did? I feel like they did. I can't remember. I I've watched it, but I I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's still there. Maybe it's like a little remix, like an okay. EDM version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, they re they redid uh 
unsolved mysteries so thoroughly it it's barely unsolved mysteries anymore like they by naming it that they were going to get viewers but really they could have just called it like weird stories you know it, the unsolved mysteries they the thing that makes it unsolved mysteries it, that like when I've, i we watched it is it's unsolved and it's like the third or what'd you say it's unsolved <laughs> that's true these are all are all unsolved but I think it's like the third episode or something. Um, they do one about alien, mm-hmm. an alien sighting, and that's where I felt. Oh, here's the show you know, that I remember. You know, right? But like the the whole format. I mean, I guess when I think of unsolved mysteries, I think of the narrator, the stern narrator, yeah. the the way that the whole thing is put together, and the way that Netflix did it. It's a Netflix show. Like it looks like any yeah. Netflix documentary. Um, yeah. So I think they yeah. Well, it's hard it. to remake it when you don't have Robert Stack. I mean, that voice is so specific to the show. I, I almost feel like they should have gotten an impre- impersonator. Well, it's th- so there has to be enough recordings of Robert Stack that they could have just uh, you know reconfigured all of his lines like Roger Ebert near the end. Tonight um, on <laughs> on us of misery. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had the intro in the can. <laughs> you don't Clean. think they together the two. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I need him saying night. I don't think they were doing uh, it from his answering machine. Miss Tur. <laughs> I guess Great. we also should have said that this is a spoiler episode, and maybe if you wanted to watch this, don't listen to us talk about it first. But oh well. I feel <laughs> like this is that's a, 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 that should be automatically assumed. Oh, you, the onus is always on the listener. Yeah, because we do a trailer. Mm-hmm, that's true. We can so, put it in the trailer. You know. This is a really nice little peek behind the curtain of how an episode is made. <laughs> so you're yeah, saying we watch will the whole release thing? A, um, I, you know, I always say that. But but if you are feeling like, if you, if you, if you hated story one, then yeah, skip story two and go to three. For sure. Because two sucks. Story two sucks. Melissa yeah. and Therese. Yeah. Um, but if you but if you were fine with story one, then yeah, but take the five minutes, watch the, watch it, and then you know. What are you doing? You're on YouTube. Just hit the button. Hit the hit the 30 second button. This is also where, on if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, it is free oh, to stream. Yeah. So go for it. Yeah. It's in good quality. I, and uh, I will have a link to it. So however you can find it. Um, and when this played in Brazil, they mm. cut the third story out because they said it was oh, too no. graphic and they called oh. it two horror stories. <laughs> Dos. Well, no, this, is, this would have been Portuguese, right? In Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Man, what a bummer for the Brazilians <laughs> of the 70s. All right, everyone. Well, uh, that's why we live in America, the greatest country to ever exist. The home of the brave and land of the three. <sighs> okay. Uh, Jeremy, we can cut right there. We can cut right there. Come on. Go- goodbye, everyone. Come on. <laughs>